With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eight hundred eight two three eight two five five. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yarding, getting excited because Christmas is right around the corner. And as we always do, well, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, kick off our show with a cup of Joe, Mister Joe Strecker, our executive producer. We find out what's going on in Jennifer's lawn and landscape. Darn right. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> uh, our website at Ron Wilson, our Facebook page at. Uh, at You're reclaimed. Do you want to start over? Yeah, where am I? Facebook page. Facebook pages. Where am I? Where Ron, am I here? Is in the garden with Ron Wilson. The website is ronwilsononline.com. Yeah. And his name again is Mr. Joe Strecker. And I see saying that got me all kind of confused. And you laughed and your eyes lit up like half dollars because it's true. Yes. It's Jennifer's That's yard and garden. Mine. So now we find out what's going on in her yard and garden. Her yard and garden has, and her landscape. Yep. Her landscape, her containers, everything. And I applaud her for that. Yeah. Except? What? Fake Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Every last one. Got two questions for you. First of all, you I were gone. say anything. You were gone this week. I said nothing. You were gone this week locally. I was. You were at uh, a gardening. Like a couple hours away. A gardening convention, right? Or a gardening. Conference. Conference. Classes, seminars. What was, uh, what was anything cool at the gardening seminar? Um, so you can, you know, give your knowledge to the listeners. This was more of a management type thing, although um, we did look at other things. And of course, uh, Katie Dubois was there from the mm-hmm. uh, Garden Media Group, right? Uh, talking about the 2019 gardening trends. Really interesting, and you know, they always they're spot on, as you've known for all these years that we've had them on our show. And uh, they'll be on next month to talk about how they come up with these. Uh, Can't give us a teaser. What's the big trend? Well, obviously, they're they're looking a lot at, at the, the millennial group. But the big trend is that it's not all about me. It's about her. Hmm. Who's her? Mother Nature? Exactly. You've read them already. No, I haven't. Oh. I just... Well, I sent it to you. You did? Yeah. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Anyway, uh, but it's all about her. And I think that's an interesting... Yeah, yeah. I, I, get, I get a thousand emails. You do. I understand that. But anyway, uh, going through those trends, I, I think, was very interesting and, and, and how now the focus is becoming more on Mother Nature and coming back around to that again. Uh, very interesting. I saw a, a talk show that was, if you'd have sat down with me at this talk, you would have looked at me and said, you got to be kidding me. Now, this is a management type, you know, two-day conference. Yeah. There's a guy standing up front dressed up like, is it John Bartram? Did the... One of the first horticulturalists in the in the yeah. country back in the seventeen back in the day, yeah. He's dressed up like him, 
okay. with a walking stick, and that's how he presents the the story. Hmm. And when you sit down, you know, you kind of look at you know, and I can see people kind of look around going, and I'd never seen him do this before, and I had never seen him do this before. Kind of look at each other going, uh, okay, what is this? Five minutes into it, you are so into what he's saying. It's phenomenal. You just you dive in, and he talks about horticulture and the history of that, where it started in the United States, and how, you know, you start thinking about how they started, you know, uh, identifying the trees that were here mm-hmm. and trying to name the trees that were here, and then who started collecting seeds and cuttings and rooted cuttings, and then sending them back to Europe because Europe had already started, they you know had been naming their trees and all, and then the comparisons. And how it took six months to get your letters back to Europe and then coming back to the United States. And they were sending seeds back there and how red maples were worth their weight in gold because Europe had no trees that turned red in the fall. Hmm. So red maples, I mean, and, and the first true catalog of all catalogs was a gardening catalog yeah. where they sold seeds and wood and rooted cuttings hmm. back in the, and, and, uh, George, and of course, Benjamin Franklin being involved with it and all. Great class. I mean, when it was all said and done, everybody stood up and gave this guy a standing ovation. Very cool. It was really neat. It's just stuff you never... But anyway, you and I both would have looked at each other, as most like, people did, and went... Say what? Say, what is going on here? It was Very outstanding. Cool. But just good management. Uh, you get to talk with a lot of, of your peers in the industry and find out what the trends are and what they're seeing and social media, how that's just, you know, when you're marketing mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, so many new plants, and I think everybody's the same way. Some of us older guys in the industry see so many new plants coming along. It's just crazy, especially hydrangeas. Stop on the hydrangeas. Yeah. Enough's enough. You can only have so many. You can only have so many, especially the macrophyllas, which I'm not so excited about anymore. But uh, it's always good, and it's always good to network with your peers and to learn, you know. Very cool. Them, so, yeah, good cool. time. The other question that kind of combo because you mentioned it, during uh, what you're talking about there was Christmas. And um, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I'm just trying to get a refresher. What do you think of an arrow garden? Because you said millennial, millennial they have, gardening. They have, Millenni- and I'm sure millennials want to garden. Well, the other, the other one of the trends, and and not just, just the millennials, but everybody is bringing the, you know, it has been taking the indoors, outdoors, now creating outdoor living spaces, and that's still hot. Now it's turned back around and it's bringing the outdoors indoors. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about house plants, how they're back now, big time, bigger than ever. Of course, research has shown how, how good they are for us. But, again, growing things indoors, like the herb gardening and things like that, and the arrow gardens and those mm-hmm. types of things have have come along so much now, and they're so advanced. And the prices have come down on them, so they're very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so that's a hot thing because now how do I grow these things indoors and do it successfully? And so you're right. Way back when, when we always wanted an arrow garden and never got one. Right. Because we wanted to experiment and have one in the, in the uh, studios, but uh, now they're out there and, and it's very, very popular. Hydroponic and aquaponic gardening, mm-hmm. really popular. I saw a kit, be great for your daughters and your kids. Um, uh, it's a, it's aquaponic gardening with a, an aquarium on the bottom and then the hydroponics on the top. Hmm. I mean, Gracie all the way down. That's, that's the youngest one. To see Zach, Zach's the Zach. youngest one. Yep. How old is he? Five. Five. Everybody would enjoy it because then you got the goldfish on the bottom and the plants on the top. And, oh, that'd be cool. And, you know, we've learned man. about that, about the aquaponics. Yeah, and, yeah. We have to, I, man, I have to check that out. It was like 50 bucks. I know. I know. I know I've been getting the full court press on getting a pet. Not a dog. <clears throat> not a dog. I'm not saying not it anymore. Um, 
But yeah, and at the uh, dachshund at the, at the uh, Cincinnati Botanical Garden and Zoo, uh, if in the children's area they have that really cool arrow garden type thing where instead of growing out, it kind of grows up. Yeah, the vertical garden. The vertical garden. Yeah. The vertical arrow garden. And vertical gardening is another one of the big right. trends. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, very cool. Yeah, and getting kids involved in gardening. So yeah, I'm writing this down. Well, they were talking about Iron that. garden for kids. There you go. Stocking. Stocking stuffer. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure my the five-year-old's not listening, so I can write that down. <laughs> um <laughs> So, but that that yeah. again falls, and the kid getting kids involved with gardening becoming right. stronger and stronger all the time too. Very neat, yeah. very cool, very so, very very cool. Always fun to get together with the folks. So your website, which is I don't know, I always get confused. RonWilsonOnline dot com, and uh, there was a couple updates. You you, you were in town for uh, for a little bit, and a couple days, and you sent me a couple things, and I found a couple things, and I think one of the biggest, uh, really cool. Um, Articles or things that you said is is what can you do now that it's kind of we're kind of getting into the winter season now getting close so what t- what ten things should you do when you get into the winter season there's all kinds of stuff there's but there's ten specifically yeah that are on your website yeah. ronwilsonline dot com yeah so you got to go there and click and you'll see and click click and click cool and we did have some frosty mornings we did and you saying hey get off my lawn don't step on the grass on those frosty mornings why. Because it kills the grass. It kills the grass blades. Now, if you do it heavy enough with the heavy equipment or do it enough, you'll kill the crowns too. Mm-hmm. But it actually kills the blades. So you see where you walked or drove across the grass. Yeah. So not a good thing. And sometimes it's, you know, when, when you're little, you, you heard the crunch. Oh, yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. But you're actually killing your so own you're lawn. You're killing the lawn. So, yeah, we forget about that sometimes. Yeah. So. So um, no guests today, right? Uh, lots of guests last week. So no guests this week. Uh, Although, except you never know, somebody may show up. I'm sure up that here. Sully guy will show up. Oh yeah, he'll be here. Um, Rita's recipe of the week is some getting getting you ready for where we're what in the last we're in single digits till the big day, and so Rita's got her holiday ham all ready to go. Where are we? What is today? Today would be the we got we what got, ten days? Christmas on a Monday. Nine, day, uh, nine days till Christmas Eve. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Wow. Is, it on a, is Christmas on Christmas Monday? is on a Monday this year. Well, Christmas Eve is on a Monday this Christmas year. Christmas Eve. Christmas on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Can't believe that. Unbelievable. Two more weekends. You know what that means? That what? means New Year's Eve is also on a Monday. Can't believe that either. Unbelievable, huh? Mm. So Rita's Holiday Ham is on the website. Yes. Plant of the week. Pretty pretty common uh, holiday plant. A rosemary. Rosemary. You see a lot of them out there that are shaped up like a little Christmas tree. Ornaments on them. Great little gift to give. Um, but are really or can be very difficult to grow indoors. Yeah, I know more people that have not been able to grow them indoors than people that have. So it's a great plant, and if you can get it to make it through the winter, suit good for you. But there's some good tips on there on how to get it to come through the winter season for you. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to you, Durango kid. He's over there banging on the windows like, hey, he did you for- notice these he things? He thinks we forgot him, Because I forgot his angel boots this week. Angel boots? Oh, he's getting into the season. Angel boots. They're white. They got wings on the side. You know what that reminds me of? What? Victoria's Secret when they had the uh, yeah. angels and the wings things. The fluffy boots they had Daniel. on. Daniel. That's exact. I'm, I'm not. I've oh, seen, come on. I'm not I've seen a lot of. I've seen a lot, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of angels, and I've seen that show. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> it does kind of look like. The only comparison is, is you got the same shoes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say what was above hey, the boots. I just said right, the boots. Right, right. 
Yeah, white, angel angel boots. White boots with wings on the back. Feathers. And what's really, really cool is in order to get into the boots, you have to go through the halo in order to get into them. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How, How does he do get do these this? things? How do you do this? I can't wait till next week. Why? I don't know. These guys have something special for Christmas. Well, that's pretty special right there. I don't know. Especially the halos. Those kind of go up. How do you do that? It's kind of hanging around Halfway. his thighs. Halfway, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Hmm. He's an interesting guy. The Durango kid is definitely an interesting guy, especially today with your angel boots on. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, I got to get going. That's it? Got to get some breakfast. No moss? No more. That's it. Okay. I'm all done. All right. Artificial tree. Still yep. can't believe it. And it lights up really you well. played me on the Facebook. 800 the button that huh? the lights come on at the bottom. You just step on it and yeah, the lights yeah. come on. I don't want to hear it. If you like everything you see on our 800, <laughs> whatever. Uh, if you like That's everything right. you see on Mom our. And da- Mom and Dad have a fake tree, too. They do? Mm-hmm. She's got three fake trees. Do you think if I would get them a nope. live tree? If you like what you see on our Facebook page, <laughs> it's ronwilsononline.com or in the garden with Ron Wilson or our website at ronwilsononline.com. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever whatever they are. Joe Strecker had everything to do with it. If you don't like what you see, he fault. had everything to do with that as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A little aggressive. Calm down. He had nothing to do with it. Blame the Durango kid. Yeah. Phone lines are open. Phone lines are open. Didn't get a chance to get in last week. Now it's time to call. Now's the time to 800 call. 823 talk Have a great weekend. 8255 if you can't spell. Got it. Ready? Ready. It's Rock. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Good morning. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Right off the bat, we're going to talk to our good friend Kim in Wisconsin. Good morning. Good morning, except today I'm in New York. New York? I thought you were supposed yep. to be home on the weekends. I'm not home on the weekends. Nope. nope. I'm just out here trucking. Actually, I'll be out here a month by the time I go home this time because then I'm taking off two weeks. So. Well, well, good for you. I thought of you a couple times this past couple weeks. One is my tree... Comes from a grower in Wisconsin, and I don't remember where he tells me he, he is, his tree farm is, but I get it there every year, and he's from Wisconsin. And secondly, I was reading a story about cheeses the other day. I get this magazine. I love cheese. And they were in Monroe, Wisconsin, which is where yep. I get Swiss. And I've been there before in the Bumgarner Tavern and had the Blimberger cheese and onion and rye sandwiches there. Had a big story about them in there, and I said, boy, I've been, I haven't been there for a long time. So next time Kim's on, I'm going to have to ask her if she's ever been to Baumgartner's. <laughs> Nope, I've never have been. My husband probably has because he grew up in southern Wisconsin. I grew up in northern Wisconsin, so okay. I'm sure he's been there. But um, first of all, Merry Christmas! In case I lose my signal before I get my question, okay. <laughs> and, um, I've got hydrangeas. I've got the endless summer, and of course, when they were turning brown and whatever, I cut the buds off. Mm-hmm. And last year we planted um, 
and they went through the winter and came. The ones that bloom late in the year and they either come in trees or bushes, and I can't remember the name of them. PG? Um, Paniculatas? Yeah, exactly. So now they bloomed really, the one bloomed really good. It got like three feet high, and it was one that's supposed to get high, and then we got some that's supposed to stay small. Um, And I cut those off, too. Was I supposed to? (laughs) You cut the flowers off, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I take all the, no matter what hydrangea it is, I take all the flower buds off, you know, the spent flowers at the end of the season. The reason I do that, and so, I mean, it's a nice thing to have over the winter, but the reason I take it off, especially with you guys, ice and snow builds up on those buds. The next thing you know, they're bent over to the ground, snapping off the branches. So you're better off to take those off. And if you're if you're not sure, as a matter of fact, it's one of the things we're going to talk about today during the show. If you're not sure which hydrangea you have and how far back to cut it, you're safe by just going underneath the bud of those uh, fl- spent flowers and taking them off right below the, the flower head. I, okay. usually, I usually go down to the first set of leaves and the first set of buds and go about a quarter of an inch above that, clip it off, and you're, you're safe no matter what type you have. Okay. Uh, obviously, some you cut back to the ground because they flower on new growth. Some you don't. You know, so you leave those alone. So, you know, if you, as long as you just deadhead, go down to that first set of, of uh, buds and leaves, cut off right above that, you're good to go on all of them. Okay. Now, do you, have, right, and do you have to protect those, like the endless summer? I didn't. I haven't put anything on it the do, last couple of years. Do they die back over the winter? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep, dies back over the winter. You look at it in the spring thinking, okay, that thing's gone. And before you know it, and it did really good this year. I had all summer. I had big, huge purple flowers on it. Oh, so, good for you. Um, and um, also, I we wrapped our holly bush. Right. Because last year we lost it. We wrapped it because it's on the west side of the house. Mm-hmm. Left the top open, but we did wrap it with some cloth. And then we have a dwarf butterfly bush, and that they told us to. Put mulch around the base really good, and we also wrapped that one, so those should both be okay, shouldn't they? Yeah, and I'll tell you, the the, uh, the the butterfly bush, you're really protecting the roots more than anything else. Chances are, if it gets really cold for an extended period of time, you'll probably lose the, the uh, stems on the top, even with the wrapping. Uh, okay. and, that's, and that's okay, because I look at those sometimes like a woody perennial. If they make it through the winter, great. If they don't, you cut them back to the ground. As long as the roots are protected, they leaf back, come back up, and you're you're good to go. So the mulching on the on the root system was the most important thing for you, Kim. We gotta go. Always a pleasure hearing from you. Have a Merry Christmas. Tell your husband the same. I will. Take care. Thank All right. you. All right, take care. Bye bye. Out on the road trucking and uh, stayed in touch with us for many, many years. 800 823 8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. a do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Here is your 55 KRC forecast today. Rain that could be heavy at times. I have around 50.
Good morning. Welcome back. You're in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Can you believe that next weekend will be our Christmas weekend? It comes in a flash. And then after that, it's New Year's uh, weekend. And then we kick it off and start it all over again. And like I've always said, I always look at, I love the winter, first of all. I love all the different seasons, but I love the winter as well. And I have to say that as I get older, as most folks have told me, you probably don't like the cold weather as much as you get older. And they're true. It's true. I still enjoy it. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, you like a little bit of warmer weather. But I like the winter. And I like the winter because I always look at late December, January, and February as really the months that Mother Nature kind of just cleans the slate floors for us. Comes through, shuts everything down for us. Now, that's for the states that have a winter season. Shuts everything down for us, kind of cleans it off a little bit, puts the blankets of snow out there and whatever, and kind of cleans off the slate. And then next spring, we start all over again. So during the time that she's cleaning off the slate, getting it ready for us in the springtime, we're out there sharpening the axe, so to speak, learning, reading, getting those gardening catalogs for a little gardening inspiration. And I say that again, gardening catalogs for a little gardening inspiration, I love gardening catalogs. I love going through them. I love looking at the pictures. I don't use them so much as a reference book, uh, and I don't use them so much to depend on the picture that's in the catalog because Photoshopping is so good today. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I've seen some pictures in there that's just a little bit too much. But I liked it, the catalogs for gardening inspiration, and sometimes it, you know, like with burpee catalogs. I mean, that's their seed catalog. Uh, Baker's Creek and places like that. Um, Renee's Johnny Seeds. Um, you know, those are good catalogs, and in many cases, are good reference catalogs. So you have to be careful which ones it is. But I like them just for the gardening inspiration to go through and see what's out there, kind of get you fired up, give you some ideas of things you may want to plant in your garden. And if you see things that are out there that you like in the catalogs and you think, boy, I really, I think I really would like to put this in my yard, check with your local independent garden centers first, your local nurseries first. Show it to them. Ask them about it. And if they don't grow it or don't get it in from somebody and don't sell it, ask them why not. Because in many cases, even though that, that plant may be in there and listed as the best thing in the world and hardy for your zone and blah, 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 it you know, all plants don't work in, 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 in the same zone in, everywhere across the United States. Even like, you know, you, you, you've seen the branded um, plants called Proven Winners. Been out there for a long time. And you see the, the pot and it says Proven Winner. And you see it in catalogs and you see it in magazines and whatever. And it's a good branding of plants. But the thing about Proven Winners, even though Proven Winners, they have annuals and perennials and things like that for like Zone 6 or Zone 5 or whatever zone you're in. They don't necessarily do well in the zone that you're in at that particular area. Like Zone 6 in Ohio isn't exactly the same as Zone 6 out in Reno, Nevada, right? The plant palette's a little different. The summers are a little different. You know, that zone, when you look at your zone, is based on average winter, lowest, coldest temperature. That's what that's based on, average, lowest, coldest temperature. And so that's it. You know, it doesn't say anything about the summer heat, the drought that you get there, the microclimates, the type of soil, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to learn, and that's where you go to your local independent garden centers, your local nurseries, and they know they've been growing. They experiment. They trial. They grow themselves. They know what they're selling. 
which ones of those are best for your area. So, so many times when you look at those catalogs and there's things in there that you really like and you're really fired up about, and then you go to your local nursery, guess what? Chances are there's some of those out there, and there's a lot of them, that just don't perform well in your area. And that's why they don't grow it. So learn more about that. Now, if it's something you still want to give it a try, then you go to the catalog. And 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 and, and I'm not a big mail order fan, but for most plants. Um, but, you know, remember what you're going to get. If it's getting mailed in the mail, sometimes, uh, you know, it's pretty small. Sometimes it's – and be careful. Uh, I've known so many people get fooled with sometimes with those tomato ads, you know, the tomato trees and that, which are cr- crazy. But, you know, it's not the plant. You get the seed. Now – Burpee now does offer plants mail order that you can actually buy their get their plants in mail order. So you have to really read the fine print, see what you're getting, but use the catalogs more for inspiration and and trying to give you ideas as far as what you'd like to use in your yards and gardens and containers and whatever it may be. Then check with your local independent garden centers and nurseries to find out if they do well there, if they grow them, and if not, why not? And, and of course, your local garden centers and nurseries can't grow everything. Uh, you know, you heard Joe and I talking at the beginning of the show, hydrangeas. The macrophylla hydrangeas, which are the pinks and the blues, and now they've got another one called, uh, oh, my gosh, Summer Celebration, maybe, I, if I'm not mistaken, which is a red. Yep, a red with a white center. And it'll be available in 2019. They just keep coming out with all these new hydrangeas. You can't keep up with all of them. Um, but not all of them do well in every area around the United States. So you have to, again, count on your local independents to let you know what they've seen, what they've heard, what they grow, what they don't grow, and let them take it from there. So use those catalogs for your inspiration. Use your local nurseries as your source for plants and things like that. If you really see something there you just can't find, your heart's set on it, you want to give it a try, you go the catalog route. But otherwise, stick with your local independents and let them kind of walk you through. And by the way, I, I try to bring this up at the end of the season every year because right now is when those local greenhouses and local nurseries and local garden centers are putting together their plant lists for next year in the annuals and perennials and things like that. So they're putting their orders in, and if they grow them themselves, they're getting the seeds and the cuttings and the root cuttings and all. So they're getting their orders together. If there's a particular tomato or pepper or annual that you've been growing or you saw growing in your area that you know your local garden center doesn't have or doesn't sell and does well, tell them about it. Let them know. And chances are, if it's uh, something that they you know, feel that they can sell out of or, or maybe can grow just a few up for you and kind of experiment, they'll do that for you. I love hearing from our customers, folks local, to find out what, you know, what is it that, you know, that you've seen out there. Why don't you grow this? Why don't you grow that? And listen to what they say and try to grow those as well. So let them know. Let them know what you like, and maybe they can add that to their lists. But keep that in mind. But, again, gardening catalogs, absolutely love them. Some of them are excellent sources for seeds. Uh, some of them are excellent sources for smaller plants. Logies, L-O-G-E-E-S. We have them on our show all the time. Love that catalog. You can't go through a Logies catalog without wanting to buy something. But it's rare and unusual edible and tropical plants. Different story. And most of them are all in four and six inch pots. They're always sold small like that. Uh, but you know what? You, you know that. They tell you up front. They tell you exactly what size plants you're getting. And the quality is outstanding. But you've got to be very cautious about that. So, you know, be careful, but use them for inspiration because that they can do, no doubt about it. Carl in Coleraine Township, good morning. 
John? Yes, sir. Well, let's see here. Um, we we got tired of. Do you want a long or a short story on a Christmas tree? <laughs> you, you get to, whatever it is. Let me know. Okay. Uh, we used to have a Christmas tree every year, but as we grew older, it got to be a chore uh, to do it, so we quit. But there was this old lady across the street. But she was in her nineties. And no matter where, what she was doing, she was running. So she'd run across the street to our house, and she'd say, you want my Christmas tree? She was going out to see her daughter in uh, California, and that, this was happening every year. <clears throat> and we, I'd go over, and I'd bring that tree over to the house, and all the needles were falling off. It was a big mess, and so we quit <laughs> taking her tree. <laughs> So my mom, the next year, she went out in the back in our woods, and she found a nice sapling of uh, sassafras tree and uh, brought it into the house, and she decorated it with those mini lights. And you know what? It was beautiful. With, with a sassafras? It, it's a, just a sassafras tree. Of course, all the leaves are gone. And yeah. So, but she decorated it with the lights, and it, that's all we needed. And it was great. It was easy to put up, easy to take down. <laughs> now, did she plant <laughs> it? have any needles to mess around with. Did she dig it up and, and have it in a pot, or she just cut it off? Oh, she just cut it yeah. off. It was just a sapling. Oh, yeah, but that's all right. There's nothing wrong. You know what? And and today, when you go on Pinterest, you see all kinds of things being decorated, pineapples. Uh, and I actually had one of our listeners sent me a picture of a tree tomato. He's got it staked up so it looks like a tree with the foliage on the top in his house that he's growing, and he put Christmas lights on it. So it's his <laughs> Christmas tomato tree, and it was outstanding. So you're right. You know, whether it's the tree or whatever, it's it's all about the holiday and, and doing, well, the, that's right. doing the lights and doing whatever, and, I, and that's, uh, that's outstanding. Well, now, um, I had called you earlier uh, about when we had that ice storm about a tree that uh, I had bought a pine tree to replace a damaged tree from that hurricane. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the fastest growing pine tree that there is, which I realized would probably be weak. But this thing was laying on the ground, and we talked about it. He told me to wrap some cloth around about two-thirds of the way up. And yeah, pull it pull back it up. Back. Uh, now, do you, when you pull it back, do you pull it past, uh, up, upright or do you leave it upright you should pull it all the way upright right back to where it needs to be it did it come back up at all on its own i haven't tried it yet i'm gonna do it this week no but i mean did the tree itself make any adjustments uh it made oh quite a bit of adjustment yeah okay so. okay yeah so and so yeah and make sure that that wrap you put around there is really thick so we don't uh, disturb that bark. But you want to go ahead and pull it right back up to where, you know, it normally should be, stake it in position. And, you know, by the time you get through the winter, Carl, and into the early spring, you may be able to, and I put like a turnbuckle on there, you may be able to kind of loosen that turnbuckle and see what it's going to do at that point. You may be able to take that off by the time you get into the spring season. Yeah, well, that was my next question, is how long should I leave it on? There? Yeah. You're, you're gonna, saying in one year, maybe, it, or a half a year, it might be, be uh, okay. Yeah, you may be okay by springtime, but again, if you use that turnbuckle, that makes it real easy. Then you can just kind of loosen it up, see what it's going to do, and if it doesn't, if it seems to move, tighten it back up again and just leave it there, get into the summer, try it again, and just go into the fall season. And, and you know, after a year, I would think you should be where it's it's going to do what it's going to do. 
Yeah, I've I've tried this before on other things just to position the the, the branch where I wanted it, and right. uh, when I would let it go. Uh, it would always seem to snap back some. That's why I wanted to know if I should go back beyond the uh, dead center and go back past it a little bit. Yeah, that's why I go about two thirds of the way up in the tree. Oh, go, go, yeah. Go past the middle, go up about two thirds of the way, and that's where you should make that pullback. Okay. Yep. All right. Keep me posted. Well, yeah, and uh, get yourself one of them sassafras trees. It saves a lot of time, and it's beautiful. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, you, and you can snap a little piece off and uh, put it in your mouth and taste it, too. That's right. All right, Carl, and have a Merry Christmas. Roots and then you can make tea. <laughs> you got it. Have a good Christmas. You, too. All right, bye-bye. Quick break. We come back. We'll jump back into the gardening phones at 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255, talking about gardening. We've got some really nice days coming up here after today, rain as usual. But uh, sun coming back out Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 40-degree temperature. So, you know, if you've still got those plants out there, you haven't gotten in the ground yet, still want to plant a few trees, landscape crews, I'm telling you, they're still going. They'll go strong right up until the Christmas, and they'll go after that if the weather's workable, the soil's workable, continue to plant. So, uh, you know, there's still lots that you can do outside. There are some tips for you uh, as far as things for winding down uh, to get ready for the winter. You can go to our website. It's ronwilsononline.com. Got uh, 10 real good tips for you there. Also, Rita's recipe. It's a holiday honey ham. Outstanding recipe, so be sure and check that out as well. Um, And we've got a lot of other great posts for you as well. And one other one that I forgot to mention last week, mentioned it right at the very end, was recluse spiders. Buggy Joe sent a uh, a uh, uh, an email to us about reminding folks about recluse spiders and their lookalikes because this time of the year, you know, those spiders all overwinter in a warm place, so they're inside somewhere, dark and in a closet or whatever, and you're pulling out boxes for the getting dec- things decorated or you know whatever it may be, and all of a sudden you pull out and there's a big spider there, or you get bit. And then you see the spider, and you know you 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 always want to know what the spider was, uh, so you know figure out what to do. But um, brown recluse gets blamed for a lot of that this time of the year. So you know, and they do it does happen. So the 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 uh, article on there shows you what they look like, what their lookalikes look like, uh, so you can kind of get a better feel for that. And just a reminder to you know be cautious when you're when you're cleaning out closets that have been closed up for a while down in the basement where a lot of boxes have been stacked up be cautious when you're pulling those out because that is where a lot of spiders like to overwinter um, especially the brown recluse and if you'd like to see that it's our last week posting so just keep scrolling down and you will see um, it'll come up there for you eventually also a couple of real quick posts on there that uh, kind of cool 
Another gardening article talking about how if gardening is your hobby, can help you to live to be 100. Talking about all the great benefits of gardening, and it just continues to come on more and more scientific research all the time. Great video of greenhouse-grown tomatoes. Shows you planting the tomatoes and the crop production, produ- production, and it's done with a speed up, you know, the time lapse. So they do it in two minutes. It's really cool to watch. The tomatoes grow, they limb them up, then all of a sudden the tomatoes form, then you see them turn red, and they harvest. Really cool little video. Uh, we have the 2019 Cut Flowers of the Year uh, and lots of other great things for you, too. And it gets it's at ronwilsononline.com. Be sure and check that out. Back to the gardening phone lines we shall go. Hey, Don, what's happening? Hey, I got a question for you, on. Yes, sir. Quick. So I help a nice Jewish boy here. Um, I got married <laughs> this past year. Well, congratulations. And, uh, well, thank you. This is the first time in my life I've ever had a Christmas tree. And? And it's a live tree. Good. And we put it downstairs. And we, well, that didn't work because our dog started peeing on it. So oh, great. <laughs> we moved it upstairs. And the problem is it kind of got forgotten about, and it never got watered for six days. So my question is, how much do I have to take off the bottom of the uh, trunk to get the wheat to unseal over, you know? Usually about an inch. About an inch. Yep. Yeah, if, if you can go more, it always helps you out. But, to, you know, and I applaud you for taking it down and taking it, taking it off because it really can help to freshen it back up again. Yeah, are you, are, are you going to undecorate it? Um, no, we're just okay. gonna, I'm going to try the. <laughs> we're going to try our bloody best to get the thing out of the stand with all the decorations yeah. on. Yeah, so. well, yeah, that. I was going to say, if you're going to decorate it, you could also try to spray it with that wilt stopper uh, to try to keep, help seal in moisture too. But if you don't, that's fine. Yeah, at least an inch. If you go a couple inches, would be great. Okay. And you don't have to worry about preservatives or anything like that. Just use the water. That's the important right. thing. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Because I was. You just. You know, you put up the tree up. Well, the first thing is now the, the tree still smells like dog pee. So <laughs> <laughs> my my wife, who actually grew up with um, artificial trees, now is gotta be honest with you. This 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 may be the last year we have the live tree. Not a good experience. <laughs> well, it's just you know, if you if you have a if you have somebody who's had an artificial tree, and you have another person that has never had a tree in their life, you know, it's probably bound to be a learning experience. Now, do you have? You know, absolutely. Now, is this a like a six to eight footer? Um, yeah, it's probably maybe a little bit taller, maybe about eight and a half to nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was going to say, my wife and I have now, with the kids being out, not at home anymore, have gone to about a, a three to four foot Frasier okay. that we actually put up on a, you know, little, get it up a little bit higher off the ground. It's not quite as much work and it really, and it's still a nice, it's a fresh tree. It's a new, you know, it's a, you still smell it. Uh, not quite the hassle of the big one, but you know, right. sometimes you got to have that big tree. Well, yeah, that's it's kind of well. It's, you go out to the field and you cut it down. It's always kind of deceptive. Like, oh, this doesn't look that big. It's always bigger. It's always bigger. When you get it home. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. All right. Thanks, Juan. Hey, Don. Have a merry Christmas. You too. All Bye. right. Take care. We'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll uh, Irving. Hang on. We'll come back to you after the break. So uh, just uh, get yourself another cup of coffee or whatever, and we'll come back to you. Talk about growing tomatoes inside. And, of course, if you've got a tip or a question, jump on board. It's 800-823-8255. Don't forget our website, ronwilsononline.com. Facebook page, In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Coming up at the bottom of the next hour, Ron Rothus. Yeah, the uh, certified master arborist will join us. We're going to talk weather as usual. Find out what uh, what we're seeing so far right now and what he's predicting over the next four to six weeks for weather. See what he's thinking about. Eh, just throw this out at him a little bit about maybe climate change. Get a little opinion there. And we, as usual, being that he is a certified arborist, we'll find out what we should be doing for our trees as well. Coming up the bottom of our next hour here in the garden with Ron Wilson.
gardening questions? Ron has the answers at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Our toll-free number here in the garden, same as it is every Saturday morning. It's 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy. We're talking about yarding on this uh, weekend before the Christmas weekend. Can't believe it's uh, a week away, but it is. It is what it is. Christmas, uh, are you ready? I'll tell you what, if you're looking for that uh, special gift, still can't figure out quite something, a little, maybe a little something extra, whatever, Gifts for or from the garden make excellent gifts, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, including gardening books. And I've got our list planned uh, 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 on our website, ronwilsononline.com. Just scroll down. You'll find the uh, books recommended by the Yard Boy, and including a few DVDs and Dr. Alan Armitage's app, uh, which is like all of $4.99, one of the best apps that you'll ever find out there about gardening, updated on a regular basis. But uh, great books on there, so check it out. It's uh, get on our website, ronwilsononline.com, 800-823-8255. To Mansfield, Ohio, we go. Listen to us on WMAM. Irving, good morning. Good morning to you, Ron. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Well, I'm kind of fascinated with growing everything. I'm a seed junkie. Like, I, I'm located in Ohio, but I eat an orange, and I want to grow the orange seeds. <laughs> sure. So my question to you is, it's wintertime now, and I'm kind of, I want to grow something, but it's cold outside. Right. So I'd like to I'd like to do what you guys said earlier about bringing outside inside. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I would like to grow tomatoes. Could I purchase tomatoes from the store and then plant the seeds in dirt from outside? You know, if can you do that and answer to your question? You can. Now, here's the problem. If you're going to do that and want the same tomato that you got the seed from, don't, right, it's not going to turn out. Don't get a hybrid. Buy the heirloom. So if, you're, if your produce area sells Are heirloom, those more expensive? Sometimes. I'm kind of on a uh, crunched budget. Yeah, but I mean, one tomato is going to produce a lot of different seeds for you know they're going so to have a lot. I, of, should I sit down and separate those seeds individually? Cut yep. the tomato open. You know what? What I typically do is the way to collect seeds out of those, and I found the what, best thing to do is take a, a paper towel, lay it out, and scoop those out that has the gel around it. Scoop those out and yeah. just lay them on the paper towel and let them dry. That gel will dry dry out. You want to dry the seeds. Uh, let that go away because that stuff that's in this in the tomato actually helps to stop the seeds from growing in the tomato. 
it does help. It stops the seeds from growing in the tomato. Right. So you know, so if as you, soon as you get rid of the slippery stuff, then they'll start to grow. As long as you put water exactly. and dirt around them, exactly. So let it dry out, and then you're ready to go. And if they're stuck to the, and pa- I can get a lot of a lot of tomatoes out of one heirloom, correct? A lot of tomato plants. Now here's the kicker. Okay, you've got to have a really sunny area in your house to do this. I got a sun lamp. Will a sun lamp help? As in one that you sit under and get tanned? Yeah, not not actually one of those, <laughs> but it's just for plants. I purchased oh, it yeah. from Drug Mart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I could put my tomato seeds. Can I take soil from outside? It says no. call before you dig. No. And I know that. No, so you got to use, use potting soil. Potting soil. Yep. Okay. Otherwise, they just won't do well. But here's the kicker. When you do get those started... It's going to take a long time before you're ever going to have them up tall enough to start to produce. And, you know, a lot of times it can be uh, 75 days, all right? Okay. So you could be talking You could be talking uh, January, February, March before they really would start to set right. fruit for you. So, you know, it, it takes a little bit it's longer. It's fascinating Let, to me just watching them grow. Absolutely. Though, just, oh, uh, I'm with The you. process from seed to plant yep. is awesome for me. It's if you it's something I should have got into horticulture, that should have been. <laughs> There's never. I, I got into business. I got into business. I got a business degree, and which I'm not using at the moment. I could probably use a horticulture degree a lot more. Irving, it's or, never too late to change that career, and getting into horticulture is a great thing to do. I love horticulture. There's, I love gardening. I love landscaping. There's a lot I of love garden centers. Smell of grass. Well, there's a lot of leaves. garden centers and all that would love to train you. And and teach you about plants if you're really interested in it. Check, seriously, check it out sometime. Oh, without a doubt, I am. Without well, a doubt. Let me suggest this to you, though. If you can get a pack of uh, lettuce seeds, spinach seeds, any kind of a... I a, need to get my pen and write this down. Those are, the, a, those are the easiest things for you to grow indoors. Lettuce? Just do lettuce or spinach. Let I love spinach. See now you're speaking my language. Well, now you can do I can those. Grow spinach inside. It's a piece of cake. And the thing of it what's is, what's up with the what's up with the current threat with the salmonella on the lettuce? Yeah, it's you know, and then now you're growing it yourself, so you don't have to worry about it. There you go. But but what but, about the other people that do? I'm concerned for people that are that might still be eating this tainted lettuce. Well, I think what they do is they they've done a real good job on the recalls. So I think they've been. I, I just saw this morning on the news there's some uh, cab or what is it, cauliflower or something else. Now they pulled off cauliflower. Of the, yes, I heard that, and yeah. I'm a cauliflower and <laughs> I'm a vegetable fan. I'm a striving vegan. Yep. I'm I'm still tested by the meat world. Yep. <laughs> but I would definitely love to be a vegan, not a vegetarian. Right. A vegan, mm-hmm. and I would like to abstain from meat products altogether because meat you got to kill something to get it. Yep. You know, oh, I understand. And, and butcher shops and stuff like that creep me out because <laughs> of what they got to do to the animals in order for us to eat them. Sure. I think if you're going to eat an animal, you should have to kill it. Uh, you should. Good point. Good point. But let, let's go. Blinded. You sure. shouldn't be blinded to what they're doing. And I'm not speaking out against any of the big fast food chains right. who I will remain nameless, who I will choose to remain nameless because I grew up on their food. But I've had enough of it. Yep. It's not healthy. It's not. It's not good for your body. You know. Yep. Well, let's it's back. Let's, not, and it's. Let's go back I'm to where. Sorry. That's okay. Let's go back to where we're talking about those greens and all. 
The greens okay. to me, and I, I push this all winter long, the greens to me are the one of the easiest things for you to grow indoors because you can do them in any size container, a little bit of potting any soil. Any size container like a can? Yep. Like you, can, you can do them in small saucers, pots, flats. You know anything flats. about ivy? We got ivy growing on the outside of my house, and I want to grow it inside. You can take ivy cuttings and stick them in a glass of water. I got I got them in a glass of water already. Yep. I, I'm one head. I'm one step ahead of the game. Yeah. So you you it's got just that in my window. Yep. But here's the kicker: do the do the lettuce. You're gonna have you're gonna be very successful. It's a quicker turnaround. And when you have that light that you're talking about, or you can use just a regular fluorescent fixture, you know, like a shop okay. light. Okay. You got to keep that about four inches or so off of the foliage. So it's got to be down there close. And it's four gotta, inches off of the foliage. Yep. And it's got to be about a 14 hour timing that those are on. So, you know, turn off the foliage. Yep. And you're going to have it on about 14 hours a day. 14 hours a day and I do that at night when the real sun cuz I could take I could take the just the do, ivy outside when the when the sun is out. Well, would that be safe? Probably no, not. No, probably not if you're growing it indoors. You got to keep it indoors till we get into the spring season. Okay, gotcha. But but do the greens seriously, do the greens first. Don't do the I mean the tomatoes are great and you you could do that right. and you get a, but do the greens because it's a quick turnaround. It's easy okay. to do. It's, you'll be very successful. And I'm a novice gardener. I'm a novice gardener. So this is a great way I'm, to get started at it. Doing the greens. So greens first, and I want lettuce seeds. Lettuce, and I spinach, want spinach, and I want to keep the. I can use a shop light. Yep. Such as fluorescent yep. lights, and I keep it four Fort- inches off. 14 inches off the foliage. Four inches. Four inches off the foliage, and there was a 14 there. 14, 14 hours, hours. That, the, that the lights turned on at a time. Okay. I got that wrote down. I got that written And down. then let me know how it turns out for you. I sure will. Thank you for talking to me. You're, morning, wel- you're welcome, Irvin. Good talking to you. Listen to us on WMAN up in Mansfield, Ohio. We just uh, picked that station up just, uh, I don't know, a few months earlier, and uh, we've got a great listening audience up there. Lots of emails from there as well, so we appreciate you listening to us again on WMAN. And don't forget, you can give us a call at 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, it's 800-823-8255. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Ron Rothis, our master certified arborist and hobby meteorologist, will join us, and we'll talk about weather, obviously, talk about what should we do with our trees this time of the year. may even see what is a just 
I know what his opinion is. Just well, if I just mention climate change out there, well, it just kind of pushes a button with him. Maybe we'll just kind of lightly push the button, see what he has to say. But he'll be coming up at the bottom of the next hour. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll take in your calls. And, of course, when we're done with Ron, we'll continue to take your calls at 800-823-8255. To Malin we go. And Milton, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Is this Milton, well, West Virginia? I've got several questions for you, if you don't mind. Okay. I have a small farm. Uh, and a lake, and we are uh, overwhelmed with uh, Japanese invasive Japanese honeysuckle. Yes, I've been pulling them and clipping them, and and so on. And what I have noticed in the areas where I've cleared, uh, because I started on this a year or so ago, uh, that nothing sent one to, uh, wants to grow in the area that's been cleared. Mm-hmm. And I've tried some seeding and that sort of stuff. Wanted to find out if there's number one, if there's anything that can be used to neutralize whatever's in the soil. And the second question is, I'm trying to replace this with uh, uh, native trees. Uh, I'm looking for pawpaws, uh, American chestnut, if it's still available, persimmon. And, you know, there's so many trees that are that seem to be fading. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to have native, natural type of cover. Yeah, I think what you'll find, first of all, on that honeysuckle, yes, it does secrete a... A, a toxic substance, and that's one of the bad things about it is and how it becomes so invasive so quickly that pretty much takes care of anything growing around it. Uh, so, you know, it kind of clears out the area. We even found that there was some research done in uh, at the, up at Wright State, I believe, University here, that was they did research on those leaves falling in small streams and that running through uh, farms and that and through the woods where the honeysuckle's growing, that it was actually the substance was coming out of those leaves and causing issues with the aquatic life. In streams as well. So it's not only just the honeysuckle taking over, changing the environment and the woods, uh, the flooring of the forest and things like that. It was also affecting the marine life, and that's why it's so important to try to get rid of it as best we can. And you know darn well we'll never get rid of it, but try to, to, to reduce it as much as we can. So, yes, it does do that. I don't think there's been any research um, out there on how long it takes for that substance to leach through the soil. Uh, I would guess probably a couple years. Um, as that would leach through. Uh, we have gone back in and planted container-sized uh, shrubs or bald and burlap shrubs, you know, within a year after taking those out, you know, clearing out an area, and right. seem to have done fairly well. So, you know, I would say a, a year, maybe two. And is, you sh- it, is there any type of grass or cover? And the reason I say this is I have hillsides, and what I have a dramatic amount of runoff. Yeah. Uh, where we never had that before. It was uh, previously uh, we had sheep and that sort of stuff uh, uh, when I was a kid and farmed here. And with these hillsides were covered with grass. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're covered with the, the honeysuckle. And, of course, every we've been getting these weird, severe rains. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a serious problem with, uh, with the runoff of the dirt and, and that sort of stuff coming off the hillsides and the banks. And, and I, as I said, I do have them around the lake, and I've... I've noticed the change in the mosses that are uh, that are growing in the lake. Of course, that's what the little fish eat to survive and so on. So. Right. Um, as far as the grass goes, I, I don't think you should have an issue there. I've never seen an issue having grass growing around the base of those. Um, what's, what's the most aggressive, uh, you know, quick to establish and cheap, by the way? Uh, you know, what, what would be a... Kentucky 31. Kentucky 31. Kentucky 31 fescue, coarse blade. It's what you see along the expressways. 
Okay. I mean, that's what they use is Kentucky 31's coarse-bladed grass. It's a clumping grass, so every seed is the individual plant. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's what's used along the expressways, and that's, you know, if it was a temporary, then I would look at using, like, annual rye because it would come up and only last for one season. You know, it dies off, and then if you're looking to plant something else, that annual rye is a nice temporary, and it really does root in well and holds the soil for you. But if you're looking long-term, Kentucky 31 is probably the least expensive of all of them. Deep rooting, tolerates sun, and, and pretty good amount of shade. You hear us talking sometimes, Malin, about the turf type tall fescues for our lawns. Right. Those turf type tall fescues are like third cousins to the Kentucky 31. They're, a, they're an improved type of tall fescue with a more narrow blade, a more landscape desirable grass, but they're, they're going to be a lot more expensive than Kentucky 31. But well, that, and I, I've been asking people that are outdoorsmen and that sort of thing uh, that I've been looking for pawpaws or pawpaw seeds, chestnut, persimmon. Persimmon seeds were good. Uh, I may even have a line on an American chestnut that's still alive. But uh, the pawpaws, everybody kind of says, you know, I haven't seen those in a while. Is there a, a safe, uh, what I mean by that is I'd like to use as near to native type of product that I could access uh, what I call odd trees anymore? Um, you know, if you have to go catalog, look at Stark Brothers. Stark Brothers do a great job, and I know they have uh, the persimmons and the pawpaws and a lot of native trees. They've really gone toward that. For mail order, they do an outstanding job. And, and Stark Brothers also provide their plants for some of the retail stores and other nurseries, too. But okay. Stark Brothers have been doing it forever. Uh, okay. And I believe, I'm pretty sure they have pawpaws. But look, also, there are nurseries now that are growing pawpaws more and more, and not just the the straight pawpaw, but there are now um, cultivars that have been selected for better fruit production. And you're actually now starting to see pawpaw groves being developed, um, believe it or not, in Frankfort, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky University, not University of Kentucky, but Kentucky University, they're actually doing a lot of research there on different types, new types of pawpaws. I know it has medicinal uses, but uh, would the university sell Trees I don't I don't know if they do or not, but I know Stark Brothers do. Look at the local nurseries. There's a lot of local nurseries getting back into growing those and the persimmon. The chestnut, um, as far as the American, I'm trying to think of that, Dakistan or Dakistan. There's one of them out there that's available. It's not a, the true. It's, it is a, a hybrid is what they're working on right now, the hybrid American um, chestnuts. Um, they are available. It's it's not readily available, but they are out there. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what I have here, but you do not want to handle the husk. That uh, yeah, I've learned that instantly. Yep. <laughs> well, go to, go to the uh, the American Chestnut Foundation, their website, and they have they have sources for those for you as well. But the, all of those are out there for you because the, the big trend right now is going back to the native plants, and those are becoming more and more available for you. Hey, we got to go. Good talking to you. Good Christmas. luck with good luck with everything. We'll take a quick break. We come back. Uh, Ron Rothis is going to join us, the Arbor Doc, coming up here in the garden with Ron Wilson. or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson.
Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. It is time for Weather It's the Weather, starring the true Sue of Sears, the prognosticator of prognosticators. And yeah, and weather predictor extraordinaire since he was three or five years old. We're not really sure. Cold and warm fronts fear him. The Weather Channel idolizes him. He's the man who inspired the saying, trees are good. Ladies and gentlemen, amateur meteorologist and master certified board, board master certified. I don't know. There's all kinds of things in front of his name. Arbor, see Arbor Doctor himself, Mr. Ron Roth's website, arbordoctor.com. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? If I was any better, I think I would be Ron Rothis. Uh Possibly. Possibly? Possibly. Now, I had to study up on your meteorology to do that, I guess. I would have to spend some time doing that. I would. I have some pictures of uh, some clouds that we took when we were out in Missouri uh, around Thanksgiving, and I keep forgetting to send those to you, but they were the weirdest-looking clouds I've ever seen. But I said, take pictures. I'll send them to Ron. He'll tell us exactly what they are. I'd like to see those. Actually, and this, this will prove beyond a reasonable doubt that I'm truly a geek and a nerd. But if you look on my um, weather page, uh, com, at the bottom you'll see a link to a international organization called the Cloud Appreciation Society. The Cloud Appreciation yes. Society. Those of us who like to look up into the skies and appreciate the beautiful uh, clouds that really almost every day there's just a beautiful uh, something to look at up in the sky, except maybe today when it's dull and gray. But um, The Durango kid said he is yeah. going to pass. Well, you know, I said you have to be a true nerd and... <laughs> And geek. But, you know, Cloud Appreciation Society, they have thousands, tens of thousands of members worldwide and beautiful pictures. You go to their website and the pictures are just absolutely stunning. And, you, it, and it is true. It is fun to just lay back, kick back and look at the clouds. You always see all kinds of figures up there. But, you know, then you wonder what they are. Now, like the one day you were here, those things that look like the, the, pay, the uh, cover of the uh, Yes album, Fragile, I think, those clouds that were kind of pointed down and you were showing me how that was the snow coming out of the middle or whatever and yeah very yeah. interesting so yeah i'll get you these pictures you can tell me what they are there's a new cloud now by the way well, a it's not new, new it's cloud always, it's always been around but uh it's called aspiratus undulatus oh yeah i heard about that yeah yeah it's it, it's it's kind of a high dan has too yeah he's shaking his head like yes. a cloud level uh turbulence that causes these really weird waves in the sky and you actually see them fairly often but it's 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 kind of a uh, kind of a neat cloud it, it was one of those things when the cloud it actually that's a cloud appreciation society that actually that actually brought that to the attention of the uh, of the world meteorological association and ultimately got it got it named as an official cloud because uh, the cloud appreciation society solicits pictures from all over the world of clouds and they started getting all these pictures that that they didn't it didn't really fit in any particular category, and, and that's when they they decided maybe this is something that's never really been classified, and that's uh, that's uh, kind of how that came about. So if you find so, a new cloud, you could you could even like name it. Yeah, but it has to not fit one of the many right. classifications that are already out there. Right. So you're out there so, looking now. So I'm always looking. Well, I always love looking. to look at yeah. clouds, and my head is in the clouds. And the I was going to say, because your head is in the clouds. So, you know, it's uh, Ron Rothis is with us this morning. ArborDoctor.com is his website. You can do forward slash weather, or as he was saying, he has his other web. What is it? Weather.ArborDoctor.com? Yes, that's yeah. it. Either way, either way works. Good information on there for you, both for trees and for the weather as well. So uh, it continues to rain. 
Yes, we've we've gotten a couple breaks here and there, and in fact, it kind of dried out. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, for the winter, uh, didn't have any measurable rain really over the past week at my place, which has been kind of rare lately. So uh, we dried out a little bit, but it looks like we have one to two inches of rain in the forecast over the next 24 hours, at least in the central part of the Ohio Valley, over to the east coast and. And uh, I'm close to 20 inches above normal in my place for the year, which is pretty extraordinary. Um, and it, it's it's interesting too because if you look at the the weather service, which is just nine miles north of or south of my location at the um, airport in Northern Kentucky, they've they're about five inches less for the year than I am. And a big reason, part of the reason for that is a series of heavy thunderstorms I had the week after Labor Day, or actually Labor Day weekend into the week after Labor Day. It kind of seemed like every thunderstorm developed developed over my house for about a week and uh, boosted my annual total up a little bit. So, um, Of course, if you're at Veronica's house where she has the dome garden, it's the same every year. Yes. So yes. Nothing changes there keeps, at the dome it, garden. Keeps it more, um, more uh, steady and, and probably on the low side. So we're up so. all this rainfall in, in our area and many areas, other states around us as well. You know, and the season now winding down, obviously, in the year, up, let's just say 16 inches, 20 inches in rainfall. How does that affect the trees and the shrubs and the evergreens in our area being that much up this year? And first of all, how does that affect them for this year? And what does it do to them tomorrow, next year in the future years? Well, it's kind of a kind of a complicated question. Um, That's why we throw those out at you, exactly. Uh, because I mean, one one thing that I mean, there's good and there's bad. The good, you know, you're you're always preaching through the fall that people need to water their their plants, water their evergreens going into the winter. You don't want them to go into the winter dry. So when we have all this moisture. That pretty well takes care of that. I right. mean, you don't need to be running your hose out in, in December when you're getting inches of rain. On the other hand, uh, if you have an area in your yard that's kind of marginal that doesn't drain off real well, uh, this type of weather pattern can can keep that weather can keep that soil really really moist for an extended period of time, and and even saturated. In saturated soil, the water displaces the oxygen out of the soil. Roots need oxygen to survive, um, some trees more than others. And so a marginal tree in a, in a, in a pretty wet spot uh, could be uh, pushed over the edge with root rot, fungi, and getting into the root system and, and, and even killing the plant over time. You know, needle, needle-borne diseases like the needle cast and things like that, uh, the moisture really favors the development of that. On plants such as blue spruce, which we've just seen doing horribly the past several years throughout the Midwest mm-hmm. for a myriad of reasons. So it all depends on the plant. I mean, right. I have an area in my backyard that's a swale that stays flooded for sometimes weeks at a time, and I planted deciduous holly back there, which was your plant of the week, I think, last week. Yeah, which we mentioned, and of course, millions of them were sold after you said it was your favorite plant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of my favorite. I, mean, I have a lot of favorite plants, but. Well, I mean, sure. It's native, recommended by the Arbor yeah, Dog. It's native to bogs, so so. And the, Joe doesn't have one in his yard, right? He should, because it's native to bogs. But um, in any case, mine sit in water sometimes for weeks at a time, and they're fine. They they thrive in that. I planted swamp milkweed back there, which again, for the name, swamp milkweed. 
it sits in water sometimes for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. It thrives back there. I mean, and that's the favorite for monarch butterflies. So, I mean, and I had 17 at one time, monarch butterflies in my little garden this fall. It was really cool. But, um, you know, those areas that can stay wet like that will stay really wet when you get a real weather pattern like this. And so that's why we really want to think about plant placement when we're, uh, when we're doing landscaping and microclimates. And, and you go 10 feet away from my rain garden, and it's dry as a bone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the rain garden sits in a swale at the base of a hill. You go 10 feet up the hill, faces southwest, it's a really dry, hot site. So, you know, 10 feet of difference in my yard makes a huge difference as to what you can, what you can grow. But uh, when you get a wet weather pattern like this, this areas that stay wet can get really wet. Another, another tree that I have in, in my wet area in my yard is Don Redwood, one of my favorites. Uh, it sits in water for weeks at a time sometimes. It loves it. it grows like a weed. So um, you just have to pick out the right plants in, in anticipation that a, that a potentially wet spot in your yard is going to stay wet because if you don't make those decisions ahead of time, this is the type of weather pattern that's really going to get you. Uh, Ron Roth is with us this morning. He, of course, a uh, regular on our show. Our, is it Board Master Certified Arborist? It's ISA Board Certified Master board Arborist. Board Certified Master Arborist. Yes. I get them all confused. Uh, of course, his website is arbordoctor.com, and, of course, he loves the talking about the weather, and so that's why we have him on a lot for that. And also talking about trees and tying them both together, how they affect the, the weather affects our trees. So it doesn't – so having all this rainfall this year, and if we went into next year with no rainfall and heat and drought and whole nine yards, does it set them up for having a harder time next year or not necessarily? Well, to a certain extent, on some of the plants it does because when a – with, with, the, with the marginal plants that we talked about, the plants that don't like the wet conditions, that can't really survive in that, uh, if they sit in water or wet soils for too long, uh, you know, the, the, the wetness is displacing the oxygen out of the soil. Uh, and again, you can get the root rot fungi can get in there. The roots can deteriorate underground. They can they not do well. And so when you have a tree with a deteriorated root system, you might think that the cure for that is a dry spell. Well, what happens is you get into a dry spell, you have a tree or a plant with a deteriorated root system, it can't get the moisture it needs out of that drier soil, and so it deteriorates even faster because now it has a compromised root system in a dry spell. So people ask me sometimes, was it the wet weather that killed it or the drought? And I'll say yes. Yes. Because it's, it's some of both. One exactly. compounds the other. Yeah. You know, so... um so yeah, I mean that's that's yet another reason to be picking your plants out correctly when you're when you're placing them. And yeah, you know, Cincinnati's kind of kind of dicey. You know, other other areas of the country uh, are going to be different. But in our area, we have very dense. We tend you know you've got a lot of variation, but we tend to have very dense clay soils, um, alkaline soils, and we really in Southwest Ohio only have one native evergreen. A lot of people don't realize that. But our one native evergreen tree is the eastern red cedar, mm-hmm. which is actually a juniper. And you see them thriving along dry, hot hillsides with relatively infertile soil. It's going to be about the only thing that will survive there. They do really, really well. But the um, you know white pine and Norway spruce and blue spruce, those are all brought in from other areas. Mm-hmm. 
uh, White Pine, you know, fairly close, eastern yep. Kentucky, eastern Ohio, but those areas have much more acidic soils, a very different soil composition than what we have here in, in southwest Ohio. And, of course, the you know Colorado blue spruce is native to the higher elevations of the Colorado Rockies and, and, and Utah. I read once that the national champion was in Utah, and so Colorado had kind of put out a bounty to try to find a bigger one in Colorado because they didn't want the national champion Colorado blue spruce to be in Utah. I thought you were saying they put a bounty out to go to Utah and have it cut down. Let's take a quick break. We come <laughs> back. we get a couple questions for him in our, after the break here. You know, he does such a great job predicting the weather. Santa Claus actually goes to him to get the weather predictions in our area and around the country. We're going to find out what his prediction is going to be. Will we have a white Christmas? Ron Rothels will let us know coming up next here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the Garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Special guest this morning, Ron Rothus, the uh, Arbor Doctor himself, his website, arbordoctor.com, talking about the weather and, of course, how it affects our trees and plants and things like that. I was up in Columbus this week for the uh, the new MGIX uh, set up with the uh, seminars, the two days, and I thought of you because there was a class there, and you may have seen this before, where a gentleman by the name of Kirk Brown dresses up as John Bartram and talks American trees. Have you ever seen him do that? I have not seen that, no. You should. i tell you what, you, if you you got to catch this guy. He dresses up, and he just pulls you in, and he's talking to you like John Bartram and talks about the history, horticultural history of America, how it all began in Philadelphia and Penn's Woods and all that. It is a really – I learned stuff in there about the history of horticulture in, the, in, the, in America that I had no idea. And it's an outstanding talk. So if he ever does that somewhere, I'll try to keep you posted. You would absolutely love what he does. Was, even kind of when you walked in, he was dressed up like him, you know, and you're like, what the, What is going on here? Yeah, I kind of blew my budget for seminars this year, so I didn't go. Oh, well, that, <laughs> it's a good one, so you gotta, you got to check it out. Now, I'm not going to ask you about climate change because I know I can really push a button there, and we'll get you on. Uh, you promised you're going to sit in with us for two or three shows this winter. So we'll uh, we'll t- cut you loose and let you uh, voice your opinion on the climate yeah, we need change. To, we need to schedule that sometime. Yeah, so I enjoy doing that. Well, we'll we'll get you on, let you let you loose and and go have at it talking about that. But I think uh, you know we we are into the meteorological winter now. True winter, or the uh, astronomical winter doesn't start until what the twentieth, twenty first, something like that. Yeah. So that's when it kicks in. But the meteorological winter has already started, and it starts the first of December, so it's December, January, February. And again, I always make the point on that that. You know, the, the weather, the temperatures, the horticulture follows the, the meteorological calendar quite a bit more than it does the astronomical calendar. 
if you think about it, by the time we got to the 1st of December, we were already getting snowstorms in parts of the country, mm-hmm. already had a decent amount of snow cover. The leaves were down. We'd had our, our big ice storm here in Cincinnati. I mean, truly winter conditions. Uh, by the time you get to the 1st of March, most years it varies, but, but things are starting. You're starting to see some of the you know crocuses a lot of times, and, and the soil's starting to warm up. So really the horticulture... This is why I make a big deal about this. The horticulture and the weather really follow the, the meteorological calendar more than they do the astronomical calendar. Would Buggy Joe agree with that on the insects and diseases as well, you probably think? Sure, because, because. you know, the, the phenological calendar that, that, that correlates temperature with um, insect emergence uh, is, is, is also going to follow that meteorological seasons more than it's going to follow the astronomical seasons. And you're you're going to have, you're going to have exceptions. I mean, you know, sure. this past year when we had a cold March and April, uh, you know, it probably followed the astronomical seasons more this past year, uh, in the spring. Uh, but, but in general, uh, you know, that, I, I tend to go by the meteorological season. Plus, if you like spring, yeah. spring gets here three weeks earlier. Starts earlier. If you follow the meteorological season. So That's there right. you go. That's right. All right. So we got a couple minutes to go here. Of course, uh, do, your, do your children get excited knowing that you are Santa's source for weather predictions here in our area? Not I mean, really co- yet. No. I don't think they've 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 quite caught on to that yet. So uh, we're going to have to work on that. Well, I think you know, once they figure out you got a connection with Santa, I don't know. Things could change. But you know, I, we go to you every year because I know the, the 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 jolly old elf with the red suit and the beard and all comes to you as well. We got uh, Christmas coming up uh, a week from Tuesday, so as you look into your crystal ball and you've read all the clouds and all of your fronts and everything coming through, and you've got I know you got your snowboard out. Uh, actually, I brought it in because there's no snow in the oh, forecast right. right now. But I know you'll have your snowboard out, or yeah. I guess the question would really be. Will you have your snowboard out on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Doesn't look like it. Oh! Not, not in Cincinnati, sorry. Um, there is a chance that a storm system could develop along the East Coast and maybe give parts of New England some snow um, for Christmas. So, I mean, I'm not ruling out for the entire country, but Cincinnati, it's not looking too good. In fact, it's looking pretty warm through the um, holiday season for a good part of the country. Uh, and and possibly into the new year. Looks like after that, and then this is when we get back to what we discussed in the past about the farmers' almanacs. Uh, you know, one saying cold, one saying warm. But it looks like as we go into January and February, we could get in some really really cold uh, Arctic air and some really really cold periods. But Christmas, the holiday season, looking like fairly broad uh, area warm weather over a good part of the country. So finishing out 2018 for most of the country, or broad area of the country, maybe staying with the warmer than usual, or warm, and then uh, jumping back into the really cold January, February. Yeah, we had a very cold November. You know, first half of December was cold, so we're kind of getting our January thaw early. Yeah. But it looks like we're going to get into some really cold air as we get into 2019. Can you believe that? No, I cannot. There's your <laughs> prediction right there, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Ron Rothus, the Arbor Doctor himself, an amateur meteorologist. His website, arbordoctor.com. Always a pleasure. Have a very merry, merry Christmas. Thank you very much, and same to you, and see you next year. All right, we'll talk to you next year. We will have him on our show a couple times throughout the winter. He's always fun. Great information. We're talking about trees and weather and plants, and he's just a wealth of informa- information, and that's why we promised we would set up two or three or four. Who knows? 
several shows for him to come in and sit in and uh, share his wealth of info. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will jump back into the gardening phone lines so they are open for you. And you know the number, 800-823-8255, here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Our toll-free number here in the garden, 800-823-8255. Good morning. I am Rob. Who am I? Rob Wilson. Ron Wilson, your personal yard boy, talking about yardening uh, this weekend before Christmas weekend. Can't believe it. So I'm a little over a week away. Crazy. Crazy how time does fly. Our website is ronwilsononline.com. Don't forget, Rita has a great recipe for the holidays. Holiday ham with pineapple Dijon glaze. Pineapple juice, ginger paste, or ginger root shredded up, garlic, um, the ham, the Dijon mustard, brown sugar. Doesn't it all smell sound good? Maraschino cherries halved, canned pineapples. Yeah, kind of the yeah, kind of an old fashioned, but yet the Dijon. Mm-mm-mm. See, I'm getting hungry already. Uh, Durango Kid said he is hungry as well, but it's the holiday ham with pineapple Dijon glaze, which is Rita's recipe for this week, just in time for the holiday season. It sounds really good. It, it does, doesn't it? I mean, I, you'd, you'd eat that, you know, a couple slices first, then put that on some really fresh, a fresh bun, make a sandwich out, maybe some Swiss cheese on top. Oh. Oh. Stop. I'm getting too hungry. Somebody stop me. Uh, then our, our, our website at ronwilsononline.com, our plant of the week is a very common holiday plant that a lot of folks give or get or bring in from the outside to try to overwinter and can be a little tricky. I'll be honest with you. It's Miss Rosemary. Some like rosemary, some do not. As Rita will tell you, um, I am, I'm not a big, I'm getting more of a rosemary fan, but I'm not a big rosemary fan, all right? Uh, I always just say I hate chewing on pine needles. I don't like that taste, but, you know, she's been cooking it in things, and we do classes together that, like with potatoes, I can handle that and a few other things. Uh, so, I mean, I mean a little bit more, but uh, great plant. And if you do have one, you know, they, you'll find them shaped like a little Christmas tree, sometimes with ornaments on them, uh, and containers that you get from your local garden centers or anywhere that they sell plants and even some places that they don't sell plants but they bring the rosemary in you know and, and the thing to remember about rosemary it can really tolerate cold temperatures it's amazing how cold temperatures rosemary can handle our winters five years ago or so where it was a fairly mild winter and didn't drop down too bad we typically had a zone six ish 
type winter, rosemary overwintered outside. It was amazing how many people said, my rosemary made it through the garden over the winter. Um, you know, so, it, you know, it, but if it gets cold for a long period of time or too cold, then it, it will take it out. But uh, so most of us wind up potting it up and bringing it inside. Reed and I even had a contest one year. I bought two of these to see who could make theirs. We both lost ours, but I think mine lasted longer than hers. But anyway, if you bring and get a rosemary or bring them inside, I think the three basic things to remember about rosemary is this. I'm not going to tell you. You have to go look at it on our website. Now I'll tell you. Um, as much light as possible, full sun or extremely bright light. I, that is a key to getting rosemary to overwinter indoors. All right. And remember, I talked earlier about the cold temperatures. They don't need warm. As a matter of fact, they'll do better in cooler temperatures. They'd rather have it cooler than hot. So temperatures aren't an issue in, in the house. So, But keep it cooler if you can. It's the sunlight that's really, really important. You've got to give it a direct light. It wants six to eight hours if possible. All right? So if you don't get that, you've got to supplement with a grow light, uh, fluorescent tubes, whatever it may be. But you got to do it. And rotate the plant if it's sun coming in from one source. Rotate it so it's always getting equal amounts of sunlight all the way around. Top, top, top key to getting rosemary to overwinter in the house. Sunlight, number one. Number two, good drainage. Don't overwater this plant. It likes to stay somewhat on the drier side, but it still needs a good soaking. It still needs moisture in the soil. So... What you want to do when you water this thing, and remember, for all of your houseplants, all of your houseplants indoors, you water with lukewarm to warm water during the winter. You always use lukewarm to warm water. For your rosemary, soak it really well. Put it in the sink. Give it a really good soaking so everything's good and soaked, all right? Soil's good and soaked. And feel free to rinse out the plant. You know, like we talk about rinsing off the plants, so hose it out a little bit. You know, they like that for you. Let it all dry and drain out of the pot and then put it back to where it belongs. Let it get pretty close to totally drying out, and then come back and soak it again. All right? I think that's the important cycle. And if you're not sure, who's your best friend when it comes to finding out how much moisture is in the, in the root ball or container or soil? The moisture meter. Looking for a Christmas present? Get yourself a moisture meter. Stick that moisture meter down there and get it really close to dry. Soak it again. I think that's really important. Doesn't stay too wet for a long period. Doesn't stay too dry for a long period. You know exactly when to water. That's number two. And number three is good air circulation. It really needs good air circulation. All of a sudden, you'll start to see. So it gets powdery mildew really easy in the house. All right. Or it'll start to turn that black color. It needs to have good air circulation. So if you don't have good air movement in your home, Get one of those little clip-on desk fans or little fans that sit on the top and just kind of move the air around it. That's a good thing to have if you're growing things from seed in the house to have air circulation. Very, very important. So those little desk fans could be a real good friend for you as well. So it's good air circulation, the watering properly, soak it, dry out, soak it, dry out, and a ton of sunlight. Those are the three keys to getting that rosemary to grow uh, throughout the season. You can still harvest from it if it puts out new growth. Clip all that off and use it uh, inside. Remember, it likes cooler temperatures, so uh, keep it at cooler temperatures. You'll find it does a lot better there. Not heavy feeder, so you, you can, if you want to feed it once during the month, you can do it like half the rate, but not really heavy feeder. Or you can just wait till you take it back outside in the springtime and then uh, feed it at that point. But uh, again, those are probably your keys for getting that rosemary to, to try to get it to overwinter. 
uh, in your home. If you don't do those three things, it typically will catch up with you when you aren't very successful with your rosemary. So do keep that in mind. Again, that's all on our website at runwilsononline.com. Also have some great uh, articles on there on why you want to stay off your lawn when it's frozen. You get up in the morning and it's ground, the grass is frozen, all right? You know, you walk on it, it sounds crunchy. You don't want to do that. Breaks the blades. But there's a good article about that for you. There is a, another article, more and more research all the time, talking about how gardening, even as a hobby, can help you live till 100. All the great facts on there, so check that out as well. A great time-lapse video, tomato crop in under two minutes. So it's only going to take you two minutes to watch the video. But it's greenhouse growing of tomatoes. They show them from the planting day to the harvest day. It's pretty darn cool to watch. I love watching those time-lapse uh, videos like that. And we've posted the 2019 cut flowers of the year. You know, everybody's got a flower of the year. we got herb of the year. Uh, we've got perennial of the year, hoss of the year, daylily of the year. Well, they have this, the Cut Flowers Association. They have their uh, Cut Flowers of the Year. And the only reason I posted this, one, well, a couple reasons. The bulb is anemones. And remember, it's for cut flowers, using in vases and, uh, and, and flower arrangements. Cut Flowers of the Year. Anemone, which is a bulb that you would plant for, uh, for spring color, that you plant them in the fall. Uh, and I believe that variety was uh, Galia, Galia White, Galilee White. Um, cut Foliage of the Year. For arrangements is eucalyptus, and you can grow that in your garden during the summertime. Grow it in a container if you want. Uh, inside, silver drop uh, is a selection. Dara, which is a type of like a Queen Anne's lace with a fallish, purplish type color that they're using a lot in uh, in arrangements now. But I love this one, the woody cut flower of the year. Woody meaning a woody plant like a flowering shrub. Hydrangea paniculata, quickfire. Love quick fire, love little quick fire, uh, but that is the actual woody cut flower of the year. So you'll see more of the hydrangea paniculata quick fire, which um, starts out kind of white, pink, and then into that, that darker red. And of course, the stems have a maroon color to them as well. Great hydrangea flowers for you every year. Don't have to worry about it. You know, it, it's a great, dependable one. And little quick fire stays smaller, but the quick fire hydrangea would be uh, the the woody cut of the year. And that, of course, you'll find out on our website at ronwilsononline.com. We're going to talk about pruning hydrangeas when we come back from the break. But got, before we take the break, we're going to go to date and talk to our good buddy, Dick. Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Ron. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. New Year. All of those. I was uh, on vacation, you know, last week. And you know what? I'll bet sales were down. I never can take one because they said they missed me. You know, people getting and people came over to see me and nobody got the carts. And it was nice to get back to work. And I bet their sales were off. They were. I bet they they were were down last week. God, Carla said that everybody come in and wanted to see you about Merry Christmas because they hear you on some of the stations. See, um, they should never give you a vacation, Dick. You should work every day. I should work every day. Just every day, just every plan day. on it. Just go to work every day. Every day. You know what they should do? They should put a big chair, like right yeah. in the middle, right in the middle of the store. They should. Big banner over the top, and one of those buttons. That you need assistance. Assistance with uh, Dick from Dayton. Assistance from Dick, and then they they would know right where to go. Yeah. What do you think? I think it would be good, but it's so nice to see the the Christmas display as you walk in the door. Oh yeah. There. Yeah. 
It's so pretty. And do you get all your cards still? Huh? Do you get all your cards? Oh, they're still coming. I think it's a little early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not getting as many. It's a little early. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of tomorrow or tonight going to watch a game. Maybe, maybe it'll be magic. It happens again. Well, that is exactly what it would be: is magic if it happens again. Hey, do you put a live tree up or artificial tree up? We got artificial. Oh, my daughter got one from the low store in Columbus. Got it. Someday, I hope you go back to a live tree, Dick. I hope you come see me sometime. Someday, we're going to show up and surprise the heck out of you. All right, we'll talk to you. Well, hey, listen. Okay. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Dick. Take care. Have a great day. Hey, you too. Bye-bye. All right, let's take a quick break. We come back. Phone lines are open at 800-823-8255. Here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Help for the do-it-yourself gardener at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Welcome back here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number is 800-823-8255. Now, before we're talking about uh, hydrangeas and, of course, being the, the uh, quick-fire cut flower of the year for 2019, uh, and we were talking to Kim earlier in Wisconsin about, you know, deadheading hydrangeas, and it always gets very confusing, and there are so many selections on the market today, it gets crazy. And every week, I probably the number one tip sheet that we send out and the number one question I get um, is is pruning hydrangeas and when do I do it? When do I not? Do I deadhead this time of the year? What do I have to protect, et cetera, et cetera? And I do have a a, a great tip sheet on pruning hydrangeas. Has a couple other tips for you on on taking care of them. If you email me, I'll forward that to you. But I think the thing to remember, and this is what I do with the hydrangeas, no matter which one you have. Before we get into the winter season, I typically deadhead them and get rid of all of the finished flowers. And I do that because over time, if you don't, and you're in an area that gets possible sleet, snow, ice, it can build up on those old flower buds, those flower heads, and cause the branches to bend over and snap. And so I get those off of there, and I usually do it about now or right before the holiday season. And, of course, you can clip those off and use them in dried arrangements or whatever it may be. But when you go to take those off and you're not sure what kind of hydrangea you have and how much you can cut back, the, the answer is simple. Just just remove the flower itself, the spent flower itself. Just go underneath it and clip that off. That's And then you take it off, and you're not damaging or taking off any buds or anything besides the old spent flower. And you can do that on all the hydrangeas without affecting flowering for next year. Now, I will typically look for the first set of leaves, first or second set of leaves and the buds on the stem below that old spent flower, and I'll usually snip it just above that first or second set 
and do it about a quarter of an inch. So you'd have about a quarter of an inch of the stem. Then you'll have those two buds because the leaves are gone by now or maybe not in your oak leaves, but most of them have dropped most of the leaves. But you'll have the buds there. And so you'll snip that off about a quarter of an inch and now you're done. You can leave it like that over the wintertime and it's finished. And I usually do that. Like I say, I recommend it because I just don't like them being weighted down over the wintertime. It's a nice show over the winter, those those old spent flowers, but I just don't like to take the risk. So I will take those off of there. All right. And so now you're good to go. Now the question becomes, what if I need to what if I need to cut them back more? Which ones can I do that to and which ones can I I not do that to? The ones that flower on on new growth, brand new growth. So in other words, whatever comes out next spring and early summer and flowers on the ends of those branches, you can do that now, pruning if you want, or wait till the spring. And I typically wait till spring, cut them back as needed, because you don't know what kind of winter damage or dieback you're going to get. So I clean them up in the springtime. But you want to promote new growth. So you cut them back hard, you promote the new growth that comes back out, and that's where your flowers come from. The selections that flower on the current growth that's there now, which would be the macrophylla types, like, like endless summer, that's just an example, um, and oak leaf hydrangeas, all right, uh, and vining, the climbing hydrangeas. They flower on last year's wood, last year's growth. If I cut those back hard right now, I'm removing the stems that would have the buds for next year. So for the most part, I don't want to do that unless I'm, I have to rejuvenate the plant, and that's just the way it is. So I don't want to cut those back. The kicker is over a tough winter and even a tough up-and-down spring season can take these out, the macrophylla types have a tendency to somewhat die back to the ground or close to the ground and sprout back up in the ground. So those buds get lost anyway. And you wind up cleaning off all those dead branches because you have to. They're dead. You get them out of there. And then you call and say, why doesn't it flower? The plant looks great, but no flowers. Well, you had to clean it up because of the dead wood. Yes, I cut it back. Well, that's you lost all the buds, but you had to do it anyway. So the Endless Summer Series flowers on old and new, so it can put out new growth and flower, but it usually doesn't flower till later in the season. But it can do that for you. So those are the varieties that you can actually, the macrophyllus, tie up or put a chicken wire cage around them or put a burlap screen around them or whatever you can to try to protect them. And you can fill that up with leaves and straw or whatever or just the burlap screen and try to protect them over the wintertime from harsh winds, all right, and the colder temperatures, and try to keep a little bit of heat around the plant. If you do that and you protect the stems, chances are you'll have flowers next spring, okay? But, again, it gets very confusing, but that's the macrophylla types. If you have hydrangeas, you're not sure what to do with them, pruning and all, email me. Go to ronwilsononline.com, and I will send you that tip sheet, all right? We'll get it right back to you next week. It tells you all about which ones to prune now, which ones to wait, et cetera, et cetera. 800-823-8255, here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Got gardening questions? Ron has the answers at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson.
Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Talking about yardening. Don't forget our Facebook page, In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Uh, of course, our website, uh, ronwilsononline.com. Um, if you recall, last week I did post, uh, a lot of folks always ask, especially this time of the year, um, books. They love to give books for Christmas presents or you're looking for something to read and learn more about over the winter time before we get into the next spring's gardening. Uh, and I have that list for you. It's about a three-pager, all different categories of uh, plants that are uh, books that I personally like, have read, recommended, um, that do a great job, plus a few apps. We've got uh, Melinda Myers' DVD series. Um, we have uh, Dr. Alan Armitage's uh, app for um, gardening, which is a great app for all level gardeners. It's all of about $4.99, and I'm telling you what, great information. And he updates that on a regular basis as well. But some great books there for you, even in uh, the folks that we've had on talking about raising chickens in your backyard, uh, a couple great books for you there, composting, uh, and pollinators, uh, pollinator-friendly gardening, bees in your backyard, the Backyard Beekeeper by Kim Flotum. Um, those books are all listed for you on our website at ronwilsononline.com. It's from last week, so just keep scrolling down, and you will find them on there. Uh, but make excellent gifts. And don't forget, if you're still looking for someone for uh, uh, gifts for the uh, holiday season, gifts for the garden or from the garden, make excellent gifts. Planting augers, uh, amaryllis kits, paper white kits, herb kits. Uh, you know, those are all great. I'll tell you what, uh, I still think the amaryllis kit's one of the best things you can, you can give somebody for Christmas. Absolutely outstanding. And I always throw out the Chia Pets. You know, and they always have cool ones around the holiday season. But it's a fun way to start growing something. Whether you're 2 or 92, it doesn't matter. Chia Pets are always fun. Chia planters, plus they have their herb planters that you can grow uh, as well from seed. If you have somebody that likes gardening gloves... I still think the best gardening glove that's out there, and they're about 45 or 50 bucks, is called the, the Bionic Garden Gloves. They are absolutely outstanding gloves. Um, they are recommended uh, and, uh, by the National Arthritis Foundation for those of you that have arthritis um, because they are hinged and padded and actually increase your productivity as you're wearing them. Um, they they've, have a lot of... Refer- of uh, Folks that are writing back to them and saying, hey, I bought these gloves because I do repetitious work on a machine in a factory, and I can still grab everything and move just like I don't have gloves on, but it really helps my productivity. They're made out of goat skin, so you can wash them in soap and water, hang them up, let them dry, uh, and get you know, and then just continue to reuse them. But they're padded and hinged. Been around for quite some time, and I tell you what, they are truly, as far as I'm concerned, the best gardening glove on the market. You rarely find them in retail. You have to go online and find them, but it's the Bionic Garden Glove. Just Google Bionic Garden Gloves, and you will find them, and they are great. To Northwest Louisiana we go. Patricia, good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'm a longtime listener, and I just love your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, Quick question. I have a client that has a very bleak, and I mean bleak, um, flower bed. And it gets, in the wintertime, it virtually gets no sun, um, no direct sun anyways. And I was wondering, um, being up here where the weather's so wicky-wacky, it's cold one day and warm the next, it's mm-hmm. flooding, raining, and then you get a little snow, and then it gets hot again. Uh, what would you suggest for either flowers or a flowering plant? I was thinking about bulbs, but not only are they kind of expensive, but I didn't know if they would do well in an area that really doesn't get super direct sun in the winter. 
Yeah, when you get into shade like that, a lot of times it can be a real issue. And, of course, you got your uh, temperatures, too. You know, if you don't get cold enough, a lot of those spring flowering bulbs won't do you any good as far as uh, cooling down or oh. getting cold enough to actually give you uh, spring colors. Um, they have to have that 40 degrees for, you know, eight-week period. If they don't get that in that soil temperature, they just don't give you much in color. So you actually have to go through and pre-cool those. Uh, be- wow. be- and that's a lot of process. So, you know, yeah. I-, I think the thing, you know, when you're talking about the ups and downs in the weather and all, two things yeah. I'd look at. Look at things that will grow in the shade that are year-round, that are evergreen, that have great foliage color. Okay. And, uh, you know, you look at that, and there are several plants, go to your local garden centers there, that have good foliage. And that way you don't have to worry about the flowers, but you've got nice foliage to look at um, over, the, over the winter. And maybe it would be something that would then flower in the spring or summer in addition to. But I think foliage colors can be sometimes your best bet to brighten up those shady areas. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I still think that's one of the best ways to go would be the foliage. And then start to look at summer color, obviously, and spring color as you get back into the season. That, that's maybe the way I would look at it. I was afraid you might say fake flowers. Well, <laughs> you, flowers. you know what? There are, there are some good silk flowers out there today. It's pretty, pretty hard to tell the difference as long as it's stuff that's in flower that time of the year. If it's not, then it looks pretty goofy. One other real quick question. He's got something in his uh, yard, and I haven't asked this. He doesn't really have a landscaper. I think he's got a yard dude, you know, this Moses yard or whatever. Right. But um, if he was a landscaper, he would know how bleak it looked. But um, he's got this thing that w- resembles a weeping willow, but it's not a, it's not a weeping willow tree. Mm-hmm. It looks like a real tall um Oh, it's, it's it's similar in the fact that it's got shoots that come out with little leaves on it, like a weeping willow. But um, and it's really kind of overgrown, and I don't really know what it is. But it's like taking over part of the driveway. And I was thinking about cutting it back, but I wouldn't know when or where. Um, you know where to clip it. I, I grow. I'm in the rose society, so I prepare my roses all the way up till December, and then I don't worry about anything. Sure, but. Um, but um, this, I don't know if you even have an idea what I'm talking about. Well, but it's rather tall, thin, and it's got a big, like, bush of these these sprouts that come out like a willow. All right, do me a favor. If you're when you're on yeah. the, when you're on the property, take a picture of it, a couple of them up close, okay. and then the overall, and email okay. it to me, and I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll take okay. a look at it and kind of help show you what I would do to help cut it back, but to retain that natural weeping look at the same time. You know, you yeah. ca- you kind of got to get up inside and actually clean it out from the inside, and you take out, try to take out as many whole pieces as you can, rather than tip pruning, to maintain right. that so it doesn't look like an umbrella. I mean, sometimes people go through and cut all those off; they look like an umbrella hanging there. To keep mm-hmm. that more natural look, it's whole branch removal and going through and actually uh, raking it out and getting it. But you almost work from the inside out to do that. But if you'll if you'll send me a couple pictures overall up close. I'll help identify it for you, and I can mark on there, too, where I would cut it to, to uh, reduce the size. I'm driving a vehicle. Can you tell me where I would go to find your email address? Yep, it's ronwilsononline.com. All right. Have a great new year, and thank you so much. All right. I'll look for your email. Good talking to you, Patricia. We're going to have to take a quick break here in a, mi- in a minute, so I'm not going to take any more calls. Have Gary Sullivan coming up next with a home improvement. They have the, the uh, Pantone has come out with their uh, color of the year for 2019, and Every time I bring up the plant Pantone's plant of the year or color of the year, 
Um, Gary always brings up that other places have colors of the year, too. And so I'm not going to tell him I'm going to do this, but just listen because I'm going to bring this up. And then he'll say right away, well, you know, Sherwin-Williams or you know somebody else. that He always brings that up. I don't know why he does that, but just listen when he comes back. I'm going to throw that out and see if he see if he does that. But the Pantone color of the year this year is living coral. I love it. I love it. Now, he's talking about a bright color. And, of course, started. they've already started to look and matching up uh, impatiens and other plants that have that living coral color. Um, I, I Bright, exciting color. But just stay tuned because I guarantee you that's what he'll say. All right, we'll take a quick break. Coming up next, Gary Sullivan, a little home improvement here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden, and he's Ron Wilson. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Time for a little home improvement from the man, the myth, the legend. His website is GarySullivanOnline.com. He happens to be Mr. Gary Sullivan. Good morning, sir. How are you? If I was any better, I would be the Durango kid. You like his angel boots today? I know. Little angel little wings, wings on the side, yeah, yeah, little halos cool. on the top. It's pretty cool. I like feathers. It was, it was translucent too. Those wings. Did yeah. You see oh uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was white flocking or anything. No, I mean, no. You can see through it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He's, he, how he comes up with those boots? Kind of sometimes I have must no work idea. All week. Or even, or even longer. Or you think, I think he plans these way out in these, advance. He's had these. I think he he's had them and he adds to them. Oh, I never thought of that. You know what? I'll catch it on to my secret, Ron. You know what? On the way out to uh, Kansas City, we passed two Durango boot outlets. That's the answer. And I, and you I think he buys the bases and then works with them? Is that his company? Nah. Nah? I don't think so. Don't think so? I could see him buying the bases. So he goes to Durango. No comment. And then works on and then makes fixing it from them there. up. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. But I mean, every week. I know. And it's timely stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Next year, next one, next week. What's it going to be? Uh, May look like a giant Christmas. Well, trip. we got two really good ones coming up because you got Christmas weekend, and then New Year's, and then New Year's. Well, I can't wait to see those New Year's ones. Oh yeah, that's. I bet you it's big. It's going to be big. There's no doubt about it. Gardening can help you live till a hundred. Do you ever read an article that says home improvement can make you live until a hundred? I can't say I have. I've seen some people, their lifespan was cut in half doing home improvement. <laughs> doing home improvement, especially when you got the stepladder out. Yeah, I've seen that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gardening, huh? Yeah. Well, that bending over is good for you. Just all of it just keeps coming out in research, just saying, you yeah. want to live well, longer? Well, you know, you look at some go of the- Go work in the uh, garden. And look how much more time you are spending in the yard and garden. I know. I'll tell and you look what. at you. I swear you've, you know, the last two years- you look way younger. Is that it? Than you did two and years ago. And it's all the gardening? And I think it's because you're spending more time taking care of that grass. You're proud of that lawn. I am. And, you know, the trimming and things like that. It's just, oh, by the way, I did a little uh, sully on our neighbor's magnolia this week. 
You lifted the branches. I lifted up? the branches. That's still the coolest thing I ever did to my landscaping. What uh, was that tree called? Magnolia. Just to make the that was. Magnolia? I think that was like the uh, one of the, the Anns or, or Janes with okay. the purple flower. Yeah. Or, yeah. One of those. Well, same thing, and it's about eight feet tall. Branched out to the ground. Said, you know, this thing just blocks everything right here in the front. Uh, hang on. That was. Let me take care of that for you. So I did a little sully pruning. That on was it. the coolest thing. So I brought that up. You told me to bring it about three, four feet, maybe. Yeah. And the trunk was multiple trunk, and they were yeah. twisted. It was fantastic. The only shame in that whole project is that thing was planted in way the wrong spot. Yeah. Way the you wrong know, because spot. Because it was such a beautiful tree. After we limbed it up and everything, it was gorgeous. I'd love to have but saved that. eventually, Mrs. Sullivan well, had the final word. No, Did actually. She? Was that Mr. Sullivan? Actually, I didn't even tell her when I li- li- you know, limbed it up after right. I, you and I spoke. And she came home, and she liked it right away. She You're said, oh, right. that's a really good idea. And I, of course, gave you total credit. Oh, absolutely. As I always well, do. Sure, yeah, you do. And then, um, I don't know, it was like. Four years later, yeah, we were some Sunday after the show, we were taking a walk, we came back. I said, "Yeah, that tree's still too big there," and she just said, "I agree." Well, I thought she's and that the afternoon one that said it was we too took big. it down. Yeah. We don't usually make, we don't sit on our decisions much in the Sullivan household. <laughs> Gary, is this supposed like to be that. here? It's like that. That's still too big. I agree. What do you think about taking it down? Let's do it. Done. It was done. Gary, is this supposed to be here? Yeah. <laughs> I will always oh remember my gosh. that. Hey, did you see the new uh, color, Pantone? Oh, I got it on my Facebook page. 2019. Living Coral. Living Coral. What do you think of that? Oh, I think it's outstanding. Really? There's mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook page. No, I didn't. But there's uh, 120 comments, I think, and most of them were not positive. Didn't like it, huh? And I kind of liked it. I, I wouldn't pay to room that color, but as an accent of something, yeah. I could totally see using that color. Yeah. I really like it. It's amazing. You know, paint can always be changed. It's not. It's like hair. True. You know, just mm-hmm. let it grow out. You know, mm-hmm. get it cut. Eh, whatever. It's the, not that hard. The sixth time our bathroom got painted. <laughs> yeah, you were into that. It's a living coral. <laughs> that color. Mm-hmm. Why are you? Mm-hmm. You turn on the light and it glows. Oh, it glows. It so glows. I'm gathering in between the lines. You're not a real fan of that color. Mm, not in the bathroom. Why don't you tone the light bulbs down a little bit? Uh, we've got the new LEDs in there, yeah, and boy, they just... We have well, put a little dimmer on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those down. things will surprise you. It says, like a 60-watt bulb, meaning the lumens, and then you yeah. put it in, you're like, holy cow, you could you could do surgery in this room. <laughs> yeah, you could. You know, I, I've done Except that. Except everything's orange. Because it radiates off the walls. It's bouncing all over the place. Yeah, like it? the toilets. So when you look in the white mirror. white toilets, it's orange. You, Just from reflecting. Oh, you're orange. Yeah. It's oh, you look orange. good, like a little tan. You, you ever know? see those nightlights that fit inside a toilet? No. I got that on my Facebook page, too. Are you serious? It's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, check it out. Your toilet glows. Being and you I can visit have there about colors. 20 times a night. Why? I don't know. I have to light my path so I can see it. You know. <laughs> It's just follow to the blue toilet that's glowing in the dark. I put that up. Is it blue? I just no, why do you use blue? Well, you can use any color you want. Oh, okay. It, it, it's interchangeable colors. In fact, I said on there, I said, well, this is different. What do you think? Can you say the clapper? Kind of a novelty thing. And these people like start writing on their comments, don't knock it till you tried it. And it's like, I'm not knocking it. I'm just like, <laughs> It's different. It was unique. How does it work? The clapper was unique. With the to- LED. When you the it won't load for me. Yeah, yeah. Motion detector. Sorry. 
Little thing clips on the outside. It's pretty cool. Check it out. It's a motion detector. It knows when you're coming. And the bowl lights up. And then it shuts off when it knows I'm going. Yeah, I guess. Get it? I don't know. I know. Get, I, yeah. I got that. Yeah. You can practice your shot now. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> don't miss. So <laughs> typically don't other places have colors of the year, Gary? Do other places have colors of the year? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they do, but like Sherman-Williams will probably have a color of the year, and it may be different, and PPG yeah. may have their color of the year. But the Pantone is kind of the leader. Oh, it is? But see, the interesting thing is, think about this now. Yeah. Sherwin-Williams is picking, and PPG is picking a color of the year kind of focused on paint. Right. Pantone is picking a color of the year all-encompassing from fashion to furniture to paint to right. it's the color of the year. So everybody has the color, their color of the year, but Pantone's the color of the year. That's my thing. I always thought you kind of, well, because you always used to say, well, yeah, well, Sherman Williams has. Well, they do. They have their PBG color of the year. has. And then you get a, then what you do is you gather up everybody's color of the year. And then. And then you say. Vote. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Pantone's not necessarily directed right at paint. Sociable and spirited, the engaging nature of living coral welcomes and encourages lighthearted activity, reads the announcement on Pantone's website, Ooh. symbolizing our innate need for optimism and joyful pursuits. You know, color does take on the mood of people. That's very true. So when you go in our bathroom, you are lit up. You are so, so happy so. in our smallest bathroom, which is living so coral. So you really don't need LED lighting in there at all. You just open a door and it glows. So here's I think a I thought. get by without even turning the light switch on. Here's a thought. You probably should call a decorator now because if you do the toilet bowl glow color, yeah. you don't want it to clash with your wall color. Yeah, because the blue, yeah, I, yeah well, you got to be careful. That's something to worry about. Mm. They have pills for that. I'm... It's the toilet lights only fifteen dollars. Well, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. I probably want to just use they white. They didn't have living coral though. No, I think I'd want to stick with. You white. You know what? I gotta check and see if they have white. They have blue and red and yellow. I don't see, know red wouldn't work. Blue would work. Mm-hmm. Those are our company colors. Actually, is coral and blue. But really, yeah. If you look, our You're shirts are coral edge. and the logo is blue. I'm gonna show you this. But yeah, I have to be. I would have to be careful about that light color. Yeah, you wouldn't want it would, to mix yeah. in there with that no, living that coil be because that would be um, now, be cha- now with, challenging. Danny thinks that they do have a white. Looking at the oh, website, okay. well, Danny would know. So now, I d- if I you just, have grandkids, which you do, yeah. would you find them going in there and playing a lot with I, the toilet? I'll let you know after Christmas, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's that possibility because we have the four grandsons. Uh, oh boy. Could do target practice. Yeah. yeah, I don't see that. There's all the colors. There's like eight. No, of them. I, don't I don't see, see white, white in there. So we got purple, yellow, light blue, oh. reddish, pinkish, yellow. No coral. What, what, what's that website? Thirteen beautiful colors. Get global. Dot. But you can learn more about it on your I website. Know. It's right there. No, it's on the Facebook page. On the Facebook page. Gary Sullivan, public figure. There you go. It's pretty cool. Thank you very much. Always okay, a pleasure. You tell me to leave. Yeah, you, you're quiet. done. You're finished. Music's playing. Thanks to all of our callers. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks, of course, to the Durango Kid, Danny Glacian, because without Danny, none of this stuff, yeah, nice boost, angel boost, none of this stuff would happen. Now, do yourself a favor. Making your plans for next spring, think about where you're going to plant those pollinator plants. If you didn't plant a tree this year, shame on you, but figure out where you're going to plant one next year and make this the absolute best weekend of your life. See ya.
your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.